After having discovered Rihanna, Fenty's middle name, while on vacation, Rogers and Sturgeon groom her for auditions with record labels that show interest in a demo they prepared and submitted in which she's singing. Def Jam, Jay-Z's record label, is their first stop. It is the circumstances surrounding her audition in which Seabrook paints us another picture of manipulation bordering on abuse. Jay-Z watches Fenty, soon to be Rihanna, perform her seductive song and dance twice and announces he wants to sign her to his label once she's demonstrated her ability to duplicate the first performance, which she does flawlessly. While his entourage doesn't let her leave the building, Def Jam, Rogers, and Sturgeon's lawyers hash out a contract claiming they are working in Fenty's best interest. Paranoia prevails the situation as Def Jam fears the other labels may have someone waiting outside, ready to steal their new golden goose away. Rihanna, and for this matter, Beyonce, Taylor Swift, Pink, and Katy Perry, are not the amazing songwriting, singing, dancing triple threats that the executives would have you believe. Seabrook shifts gears as he contrasts Fenty's story with the second that doesn't border on abuse. It simply is abuse. This brings us to Esther Dean, described as a hook-spitting savant. This true triple threat, singer, songwriter, dancer, and actress, has a hit track turned out by the time she finishes her morning iced coffee. Esther Dean is an absolute natural which is why the industry keeps her down and exploits her through a large advance she is given when she first signs what is most certainly a loaded contract. Her job is to listen to the beats and chord progressions in order to feel out a hook or to distill the melodic essence. Basically, she writes the melody, the endearing manner in which the lyrics, she comes up with those too, flow. The producers do the easy part that, although requires some artistic ability, is mostly technical. That is, they choose a chord progression and song layout in order to pre-record a beat and bass track for Dean. Everything else they do is heavily dependent on how the melodic essence is distilled. They have come in for a consultation, rob her original ideas, let her go with a nice check, and promise that they will help her re-establish her career at some point in the future. The midsection of Chorus Rihanna, track and hook, a play on bait and hook, what the executives do to both artists and audience, introduces Stargate, a new producer team from Norway, which are seen as pretty much the best in the industry. Seabrook tells how Def Jam brings them in and over the course of three or four days, Stargate and Dean crank out six tracks that are all destined to become hits. Their chemistry is perfect and Esther is told she will do some recording with them for herself if she stays on just a little longer. She agrees. At this point in the book, Seabrook suddenly switches stories and tells of a grand party thrown by Clive Davis each year before the Grammy Awards show. Seabrook tells of the 2009 party where Rihanna and Chris Brown, who are both enjoying star status, were honored guests. The story turns dark as Seabrook retells how this night in particular is the one where Chris Brown, being accused of cheating, proceeds to physically abuse Rihanna, hitting her in the face until she manages to get herself out of his car and put a call into 911. Despite adversity, Rihanna makes a huge comeback. Def Jam rebrands her as a tough, streetwise homegirl who can take a hit and get back up. This story of abuse, 
and Def Jam's utilization of said abuse is told in order to show a pattern of artist exploitation since Seabrook is about to retell how this happens to Dean as well. 